This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Hey, welcome to Church Alive. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, if this is your first time with us, it's a pleasure, and we're just honored that you're here with us today. Uh, as you can see, we are in the middle of a series. We're Actually, we're at the end of a series called At the Movies. Uh, for the last month or so, we've taken... Uh, movies, and we've looked at what we could see in the movies and pulled some scripture out of it. And has anybody enjoyed this series? Anybody? Amen. Well, good deal. Good deal. But today we're, we're going to jump into this and we're going to wrap this, uh, this series up today. And with it being Family Fifth Sunday, I was thinking that maybe we could kind of do a special edition of At the Movies. And I was wondering if there might be a little boy that could maybe help me this morning. I, is there anybody that could maybe help me? What, what about this guy right here? What about... Come on up, Cashy. Come on up. Look at this little guy right here. Now, are you up for this challenge today? Yes. There we go. Yes, yes sir. Well, good, good job. Good job. So, hey, we're going to uh, jump into the movie today. Of course, our movie is Finding Nemo. Anybody ever seen Finding Nemo? I had the privilege of watching it last Friday night with my kids. I had never seen it. And uh, it, it was fantastic. And what we saw in this opening scene was a father who really, really loves his child. Uh, we saw that he was very concerned about him. He wanted him to do the right things. He wanted him to stay safe. Of course, this was uh, Nemo's first day of school, and you can see the dad was a little panicky about it. Um, but ultimately, uh, what we're going to see in this movie is the father's love for his son and the extreme lengths that he goes through to get him back. Come on now. And that's what we're going to look at today. And so our teaching today related to this movie is called Looking for the Lost One. And we're going to be in Luke 15 today. So if you got your word, go ahead and flip to Luke 15. We're going to start in verse 11. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, what Jesus, some parables that Jesus shared in Luke 15. Um, if you look in Luke 15, in the first 10 verses, there's two parables. And then starting in verse 11, there's a third parable. And that's the one we're going to look at today. And Cash, that parable... Uh, what is that parable called again, or what's that kid's name, or what do we know of him as? The prodigal son. The prodigal son, that's right. Anybody ever heard of the prodigal son here today? Kiddos, y'all ever heard about that? Good, 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 good. Good job, kids. So, with that said, let's start in verse 11 today. It says, Jesus told them a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. Now, this young man wanted his inheritance. He's got an idea of what he wants to do with his life. And so he goes to his father and he says, hey, I would like my half of the inheritance now rather than waiting later. Now, in Middle Eastern culture, this was very offensive to do this. The reason why is it would be as if you went to your father and said, you're not dead already, so go ahead and let me just have the money now. Y'all can see where that might kind of rub you the wrong way? <laughs> because we'd be like, you can just wait, right? It was very disrespectful to his father. And kiddos, since y'all are in here with us today, have y'all ever said anything that maybe kind of hurt your mom and dad? Or maybe y'all said some things that you shouldn't have to your mom and dad? Yep. <laughs> not you. Yep, you did. Maybe you've done some things that not only hurt your parents or were disobedient to your parents, but also maybe to, to our Heavenly Father as well. Anybody ever done that as well? Come on, y'all. Let's talk today. 
Um, he did this and it really hurt his father. And Nemo did something that hurt his dad as well. And let's take a look at it in this next clip. Pretty intense, wasn't it? Pretty intense. Uh, we see that Nemo got a little bit of independence here. Of course, there's that little bit of peer pressure, maybe trying to want to impress his friends, especially did you notice whenever one of his friends said he was too afraid, and Nemo let him know right quick, like, no, I wasn't. So uh, we see that he ultimately uh, kind of fell into some disobedience, um, some rebellion to his father. And you know, before he ever started acting foolishly, uh, his friends had mentioned to him, uh, you know, hey, Nemo, come on out here to this open water. And Cash, what did he say to his friends? My dad said it's not safe to go out there. His dad said, had told him that it wasn't safe to go out there. And he remembered that, right? How many of y'all know that our parents, as we're growing up kiddos, they always want what's best for us? Anybody know that, right? And whenever your parents tell you, you know, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that, they tell us that for a reason, right? Like, we, we have this rule at the house that anytime the kids are riding biking, right now it's just cash whenever he, we kind of let him adventure off a little bit. We have a running trail by our house, and we let him kind of take his bike, you know, a little distance away from us. And let me go ahead and tell you, it's kind of tough to allow him to do that. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So anyway, but we have this rule because there's a lot of streets that he has to cross that his feet have to come off of the bike on the ground and look both ways. Why do the feet have to touch the ground? So I know that he came to a stop, right? And, and you do obey me whenever I say that, right? Please tell me yes. Most of the time. Most of the time. From today forward, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, from today forward. But our parents want what's best for us because your parents, kiddos, know um, what can harm you and, and that sort of thing. So they're going to tell you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. And his dad had told him, talking about Nemo, it's not safe to be in that open water. Now, all of us in here, we have a Heavenly Father that's told us in this book right here what we need to do and what we don't need to do. Come on now. So, for instance, uh, in our lives, it, it talks about some things that we need to stay away from. Um, it talks about, for instance, if we're married, uh, the, the, what we need to do to have a strong marriage. We can find that in here as well. Uh, we can just stay in the book of Proverbs in fact, it's wise to read Proverbs on a regular basis because it's full of wisdom. And let me tell you, we need all the wisdom we can get. Come on, somebody. We need all the wisdom that we can get. But it's full of good advice for us. And Nemo is kind of like this young man that we're talking about, the prodigal son. He insisted on doing what he wanted to do. And in Luke 15, and again, we're going to uh, be talking about the stories in Luke 15. Cash, there's three great parables that Jesus shared in Luke 15. And the very first one was the parable of... The lost lamb. The lost lamb. The second one was the parable of... The lost coin. And the third one is the one we're talking about, the parable of the... Lost son. Lost son or the prodigal son. That's right. But in each of these stories, we see that something or someone was lost. Whether it was a person, whether it was a lamb, or whether it was a coin. But then we see the love or... Uh, someone who chases after it, who pursues it because it's lost. And fathers love their children. And so whenever one is lost, they take off and they look for it. Amen? All right, let's check out this next clip.
pretty funny stuff, isn't it? Uh, but back to the parable of the lost son. Uh, let's pick it up in verse 13 in Luke 15. It says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About this time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. So this, man, this, this young man had a plan uh, of how he was going to live. He thought he'd have his inheritance, and he thought he could just really live it up. And apparently he lived hard. I mean, he really tried to live it up in a hurry. And before long, there was a famine there, and the inheritance had ran out. And all of a sudden, Cash, what was life like for that guy? Miserable. It was miserable? Can you imagine not having anywhere to live? Can you imagine not having any food? Can you imagine any of that? Yes. <laughs> you can, okay. <laughs> the Lord's really blessed our family. Um, that was the wrong answer, son. I've got to be honest with you. It was the wrong answer. But it's worth mentioning that the fact that he was feeding pigs, the man in this story that we're talking about in chapter 15, the fact that we was, he was feeding pigs would have been extremely degrading to a Jew. Now, pigs um, were not allowed to be eaten in that culture. Why is that, Cash? Because they were unclean animals. They were unclean. So they were forbidden to eat them. They were forbidden to raise them. They should not have even been messing with them. But he was uh, in that bad of a situation to where he took a job uh, basically tending to pigs. Uh, how many of y'all like pig in here? Anybody like pig in here? Come on now. It's all right. Cash, you like pig? What's your favorite part of the pig? Sausage. Sausage. All right. That ain't bad. What else? Bacon. Anybody like bacon in here? Come on. By the way, I, saw, I was at Zips the other day having lunch, and somebody ordered the BLT. I've never thought about ordering the BLT, but I'm telling you, it was this high, and two-thirds of that was bacon. I know what I'm ordering the next time. <laughs> and I'm talking that good old greasy, not healthy, you need to take blood thinner on the way out of the restaurant bacon, too. You know what I'm talking, the good stuff, right? But this man had made a poor decision. He was living with the consequences of it. Not only that, there was separation from his family. There was separation from his father. And he didn't have what he needed to survive. And we see that Nemo here also made a bad decision as well. And before he knew it, he was kind of in captivity. He was held by, or just kind of, uh, he was taken away uh, by those uh, guys who were in scuba gear. And he made a terrible decision because of disobedience. And he was quickly separated from his father. But once again, the father's desire was to be reunited with the son, right? That was the father's desire, was to be reunited with the son. And you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who are believers uh, have walked away from their father. A lot of people have just decided to, to maybe go another path. A lot of times it's not necessarily disobedience. A lot of times it's just they've kind of slowly drifted. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, priorities change in life. All of a sudden, they're not reading the word. Come on now. Can I go ahead and tell you, you need this word in you daily. You need this word in you daily. You need to watch what comes in uh, your ears, what you're listening to. You need to be reading this and not binging on Netflix. Come on now. See, see, we, a lot of times we say we don't have time to get into this. And we think at the end of the day, man, I didn't have time to get in my word or I didn't have time to pray. Why don't you take a little bit of time and evaluate what you did throughout your day and let's see how your time was spent. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we spend way too much time in front of a TV. 
but then we don't have time to spend with God, right? And so a lot of times people, they, they maybe aren't spending time in prayer. Cash, and, and what is prayer? It's talking to God. And, and is prayer pretty easy to do? Yes, sir. It's just like me and you talking, right? You don't have to be all formal with your praying. You, you can talk to God the same way that you talk to your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad. It's just talking, talking. It's talking. That's all it is to God, right? And so people, a lot of times, they kind of cool down on, uh, you know, spending time with the Lord in prayer or in their word. And then all of a sudden, some priorities change. And then they're, in, then they're not in the house of God either. I don't know about you, but I need this group right here. All of y'all. I need y'all in my life. And I want you to know, it's very important that I see you regularly. I'm talking about for my spiritual health. Okay? And whether you want to admit it or not, you need to see all of us regularly as well. Right? And, and we can even go to the word um, in Hebrews 10.25, and I know you've heard this scripture before. It says, let us not neglect our meeting together. This is the writer of Hebrews. He says, as some people do, but encourage one, uh, one another. Somebody say encourage. encourage. We, we need to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, especially in the day that we're living in, you need people encouraging you. Because you can turn on the TV, you can talk to your friends at work, and it's nothing but discouragement. You need somebody encouraging you. And that's why I love coming here and getting around people who are strong and building me up. And it's kind of like plugging in and getting charged up for the week, right? That's right. So, uh, Cash, there's another verse that I know you like. It's Proverbs 27, 17. What does that verse tell us? And you're not allowed to look at the screen. What is it? It's iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. a boy. a boy. Good job on that, son. And so the truth is, is whenever you're around strong people, strong people of faith, then you're going to just sharpen each other and you're just going to grow together. Whenever you hang out with those that are opposite of that, that's what you're going to become. That's just the truth, folks. It's just the truth. If you hang around with people that, man, all they're doing is just saying everything that they say is just negative, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth because it's what's going in your ears. And so it's just, you know, it's that garbage in, garbage out thing. And so you need to, to make sure that you surround yourself with positive people that, that have hope. Come on now. But you become what you hang out with. And at times, you may get to a place, if you've kind of walked away from the Lord, if this is you, that you feel like you've hit rock bottom and you feel like there's no way out. And I think the son here in Luke 15 felt this way, and I think Nemo did as well. So let's watch this next clip. There was a little bit of a play in there where they tried to escape and it didn't work out for him. And so he was kind of in the dumps there. Uh, but he had no idea that his father was looking for him. And the son in our story here was the exact same way. Uh, he probably felt the way that he treated his father by asking for his inheritance early kind of would keep him from being accepted back by the family. In fact, as we see later in the story, his brother was less than happy with him. And he probably would have uh, expected to be rejected by his brother had he gone back as well. But he finally came to his senses. Somebody say he came to his senses. He came to his senses and he did the right thing. And, and so let's look at uh, verse 17 here. It says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me back 
as a hired servant. Please take me back as a hired servant. If you feel like you're at a place kind of similar to this young man here, if you feel like you've walked away from God, if you feel like something's happened and there's just been a separation between you and the Father and you want to get back to a place, a good place with Him, I want you to know the first thing you need to do today is what, Cash, what do you need to do? Return. You need to return. You need to make it a, a decision in your mind that I'm going to return to my Father. Can we all say, I'm going to return to my Father? Amen? All right, so verse 20 says, So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, you need to get this, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and he kissed him. Isn't that awesome right there? He embraced him and he kissed him. Notice that the father did not give him a lecture whenever he said, whenever he came and approached him. It didn't say, whenever he saw him from a long way off, the father said, go get me my belt. He didn't say that. Some of us might have said that, but he ran towards him and he embraced him and he kissed him. The father had been looking for his son to come home. And in Middle Eastern culture, I want you to know something. It says that the father ran towards him. Now, that's actually kind of a big thing. Now, to us, it's not a big deal because we, we just, if we want to run somewhere, we just pick up the pace and go run. Back then, I, I want you to know it would be considered shameful for a grown man to be seen running. They didn't get a lot of cardio in back then, apparently. I don't, I, and it's kind of hard for me to just, really, running? But what it was is, is based on how they dressed, y'all know, with the, the garments and all, what you would have to do to run, because you couldn't run in it, you'd trip. And what you would have to do is actually pick the garment up and expose your legs and run. And that would actually be considered shameful. But how many of you know that father did not care? He saw his son who had come to his senses, who had come home, and he couldn't get to him fast enough. He didn't care what other people thought. He didn't care what his servants thought. He just wanted to get to his son. And so verse 21 says, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned. I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. So Cash, after we return, what do we do next? We repent. We repent. That's exactly right. Father, I have Sin. Y'all, this is so easy. You may feel like there's 50 miles between you and the Lord. All you've got to do is just mentally decide, I I'm going to return to the Lord. And then all you've got to do, listen, in, in one minute, Father, I have sinned and I've messed up. That that's as easy as it is. You don't have to work anything off. You may have messed up with somebody and there, there's a relationship strain between you and somebody else and you feel like, man, it would be so much to put that relationship where it needs to be. The truth is with God, it's not like that. It's not like that whatsoever because I want you to know he's looking for you. He's wanting you to return if that's where you're at today. Amen. And so, so you have to repent afterwards. Verse 22 says, but his father said to his servants, now let's stop right there just for a minute. Okay, the previous verse said, Father, I have sinned both, both against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Listen to how the father responds. Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. So if this little guy said to me, Dad, I've sinned against you in heaven, you know what the father didn't say? You right about that. And then give him an earful. Can I go ahead and just tell you, the Lord just wants you to return he just wants you to return. It's not like the Lord's going to come back and say, well, well, let's talk about your punishment. 
That's not it. That's not it at all. Now, you may have walked away from the Lord and you may have done some things which maybe physically you're having to deal with the effects of because you made some poor and, pardon me, dumb decisions, right? I mean, let's just be honest. If people slide into some kind of substance abuse, how many of you know that can mess you up physically, right? So you may have those physical things that stick with you, but whenever you return to the Lord, everything's good. Thank you for the grace of God on our lives. Amen washes the sin right away. And, and so he returns to the Lord, says, I, I, or returns to his father, and he says, Father, I've messed up. And the father says this, he says, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring and put it on his finger as well. Now let's talk about that ring just for a minute. That ring was part of identity. What that ring was is it was showing, you are my son. It was a signet ring, which means that the son could do business in the father's name. Come on now. It was putting him right in right standing with the family in the same way that whenever we come back to the Lord, everything's good between us. Amen. And so the father said, here, put a ring on him as well. And let's go kill that fatted cat that we've been, calf that we've been. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about cats. That wasn't on purpose, I promise you. But no, kill the fatted calf that we've been fattening up. We must celebrate and have a feast for the son of mine that was dead has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. The party began. So the son repents. The father responds and says, look, everything's fine. And he just puts the robe on him and he puts the ring on him. So cash, after we repent, okay, we, re we return, we repent. What's the third thing we need to do? Receive. We receive. What do we receive? The love of God. All of his love, we receive all of his affection. Because let me tell you, the, the, the love that he has for you has never changed just because you've walked away for a little while. We receive his, his love. The, the son didn't have to work off his mistake. The father said, no, no, son, you're, you're mine. And he, he put the robe on him and he put the ring on him and, and he said, we're going to celebrate. And, and he was still his son. Come on. He, he didn't say, well, you have to be my servant because you took your inheritance. no. You're my son, and that's never going to change. Come on. That's how you feel about your kids, right, parents? That, that's never going to change. And, and understand, you can go back to that place as a child of God if, if you've drifted away. You've got to return. you just got to repent. And you can do that just like that, I promise you. And then you just receive his affection and his love for you. Listen, you're a child of the king whenever you have the Lord as your Savior. And some of you feel like you've kind of fallen away and you're not that anymore, you can go right back to that place. Amen? So back to our movie. Through a series of events, Nemo finds a way out of the fish tank and he ends up back in the ocean. Now he goes through a little bit of a struggle here, but we're going to see that he and his father are indeed reunited. Good stuff, amen? If you will, y'all stand with me today just for a few minutes. So as I mentioned, uh, Luke 15 has a few different parables that Jesus shared. It's about those who are lost or you know, the lost lamb, the lost coin, and the lost son. And I, I shared the third story, but I want us to just quickly look at the scripture from the very first one. This is verse 1 of Luke 15. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. 
This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. I don't even know Jesus, though, wanted to see hearts changed. Verse 3, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. This is a beautiful picture of our good shepherd. A beautiful picture that that Jesus tells these Pharisees. He goes after the one. The shepherd goes after the one. and Whenever he finds it, again, he doesn't beat it. He doesn't lecture it. He actually picks it up, raises it up, and then carries it home. He carries it home. God's desire is that any of you who feel that you've wandered off, and you know, you know where you're at in your relationship with the Lord, His desire is that you come back to Him. I want you to understand He's, he's been looking for you, He's been waiting for you. Never at any point has He written you off. Come on. Never at any point has He said, well, so-and-so has gone too far this time. At any point, he's ready to receive you back. Something I think that's very neat in this story is the fact that, of course, he he leaves the 99 to go for the one, which shows us that God never looks at all of those who have a relationship with him and says, well, you know what? I've got a good group here, so I'm not too worried about these others. That's not it whatsoever. The Bible tells us that his desire is that all men come to repentance. He wants to see the world saved, amen. He wants to see everyone saved. And so he's concerned about you. And today you can return. You can repent. You can receive what he has for you. He's concerned about you, and he wants you back. Y'all give God some praise today, amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.